And all God's people said, listen, when I was in Israel, when I was in Israel, I was, I was up on the mountain where Jesus went up and prayed when he sent his disciples across on the Sea of Galilee. He sent them across and he went up to the mountain to pray. And y'all know what happened. That storm rose and, 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 and it, you know, frightening thing, something that was very dangerous to the disciples. And there was something I realized when I was there, uh, as we were up on the mountain, we were, I was looking out across the Sea of Galilee and checking out everything that was there, the ships out in the, in the sea. And then when we, we left the mountain and we went down and got on one of the boats and went out on the Sea of Galilee in the ship there in a, in a Jesus boat, and, uh, and, and I looked back to where I was standing on the mountain, and I really couldn't see where I was standing. I, I, I could see the general area. But I couldn't see any of the people up there because there's people there around the clock every day. And, 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 it, and it, it dawned on me that, that when I was on the mountain, I could see everything in the sea. But when I was on the sea, I couldn't see what was on the mountain. And you say, what's the point? When the disciples was out in the sea, when they were out in the storm, when they were afraid, they couldn't see Jesus, but Jesus could see them. And we need to understand, it's not always important that we feel him or that we see him. What's important is that he knows us and he sees us. And he knows where we're at and he knows what we need. He knows our heartbreaks. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our issues. He knows our fears and our heartaches. And and he knows all of that. And the Bible says, cast your care upon the Lord for he careth for you. And all God's people say it. Amen. Grab, turn, your, turn in your Bibles to John 1. Real quickly, we'll read a couple verses and I'll let you sit down today. It is good to be saved. It is good to be in the house of God. It is good. It's just good. Amen. I want to I continue with our series that we started a couple weeks ago uh, on, the, on the perfect Christian. The perfect Christian. We, we, we talked about some things that, and, 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 and if you were not here for that message, it doesn't mean that we're sinless. And, and we're not going to make mistakes. It means complete. It means, it means mature, developed, total, uh, uh, finished, if you will. God's looking for a finished product. And we said a perfect Christian, a complete Christian, is one who shares their faith. Say that with me. It's one who shares their faith. And, and there's a lot I want to say about this. And we may take a couple messages just on this one point. I don't, I don't know yet. But, but I, I want to look at this this morning about sharing our faith. John chapter 1. In verse number 35, if you there, say amen. amen. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, saith, Behold the Lamb of God. He presented to his disciples. He said, Look, that's him. That's the one I've been preaching about. That's the one I've been talking about. Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He, what's that next word? Say it again. He first findeth his own brother Simon. And saith unto him, we have, what's that word? Found. We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being by interpretation a stone. 
The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip, what's that next word? There's a whole lot of finding going on. Y'all with me? He finds Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, <coughs> Excuse me, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the presence of God in this place. Thank you for the worship and the choir and the, and the music and the band and, and Brother Jalen and the work they put in to, to be able to usher us into your presence this morning. Thank you for the privilege of being in this place. Thank you for Temple Baptist Church and the people that's here. God, I pray that your mercy will be felt today. I pray that you will challenge us. I pray that you'll convict us. I pray that you'll, you'll burden our hearts to share our faith. I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> let me kind of explain. Thank you. Let me kind of explain uh, what is taking place here in this particular chapter. Uh, John has already been preaching. He's already been telling the people that there was coming somebody who's going to baptize with fire. He said, I'm, I'm baptizing with water, but there's going to be one coming after me who's going to baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. He was the forerunner to the Messiah. He was the forerunner to the promised one. If that makes sense, say amen. He, they come and ask him, are you the one we've been looking for? Nope, nope. I'm not him, but he's on his way. I am here to prepare you to meet him. Because you got to understand, you got to go back to the Old Testament and find out from the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve in the garden, God had promised a Messiah. God had promised a Savior. God had promised a deliverer, one who would deliver the people from their sins, from their situation. Now, they've been looking for him. They've heard about him. They've been looking. That's why it keeps saying, we found him. We found him. What do you find? What you've been looking for. Amen. This is not rocket science. Amen. They've been looking for this guy. They've been looking for the, the Messiah. They've been looking for this promised help. They've been looking for the one that Moses talked about and the prophets talked about and the law has talked about. We've been looking for him. And now John presents, he's already baptized Jesus. Okay. He's already had the experience with Jesus and baptized Jesus and the Holy Spirit descended out of heaven like a dove and lit upon him. And that was the answer to the message that God had told John in the wilderness. When you baptize him, the Spirit is going to descend as a dove and light upon him. When you see that, you'll know that's the one. That's the confirmation. Well, all that took place. All that happened. And now he knows without a shadow of a doubt that his cousin, Jesus, is the Messiah, the Son of God. Are you, are, is everybody with me? Say amen. amen. Now, the next day, the next day, the people that had been following John and following his ministry, his, John's disciples, if you will, here comes Jesus, and John says, Hey, boys, hey, boys, you know that one I've been preaching about? You know that one I've been telling you about? You know that one I've been preparing you for? There he is. Behold, 
the Lamb of God. Behold, there he is. So they start following Jesus. They start following Jesus. Jesus says, what are you looking for? They say, where, 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 do you, where do you dwell? We want to spend some time with you. So they spent some time with Jesus. They abode with Jesus that day, right? And, and the Bible says one of them was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, who first findeth his brother and says, we have, we have found him. We found him. Come see him. So what is happening? There's two different situations that you read in the same chapter. The first thing they did after they found Jesus is they went and found somebody. Are y'all with me? They shared their faith. They brought somebody to Jesus. Now, here, here's how I want to apply that. Here's how I want to apply that. We can go through, we can go through man, t- several different places where, where people have brought people to Jesus after they spent time with Jesus. But here's the thing I want you to get. Now, we're not, people today, people today are not necessarily looking for a Messiah. Okay? People today, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people that you're around every day, they're not looking, they're not Jewish people looking for a Jewish hero, a Jewish Messiah that their prophets had told them about throughout their lineage. And that's not what the Messiah represents. To them, the Messiah represented hope. Say that with me. Represented hope. Uh, The Messiah represented help. Help. All right. Uh, Y'all say that with me. Help. Uh, It represented a future. Okay. Now guess what the people you're working with, the people you're going to school with, the people you spend time with, how many of y'all know they're looking for hope? How many of y'all know they're looking for sobriety? How many of y'all know they're looking for help for their everyday trouble? And to solve their problem. Listen, Jesus represents the answer. Now, whether you know this or not, whether you believe this or not, the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, the people that you're surrounded by every single day, they are looking. They're looking. They're looking for help. They're looking for hope. They're looking for an answer to their problems. They're looking for something to solve the emptiness that's on the inside of them. And they're turning to meth and they're turning to alcohol and they're turning to drugs and they're turning to everything the devil has to offer while we sit here and we have the answer because we have found him. We found the answer to our problems. We found the answer to our hope. We found the significant thing that we've been missing all this time. And it's been Jesus. Are y'all with me? (laughs) We got it. We've got the answer. We've got what everybody in this world is looking for. And we're not sharing it. I truly believe with all of my heart, and, it, and it, this is one of them, this is one of them gut check moments, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not preaching at you because I'm as convicted about this as anybody. This is one of them gut check moments when we have to be truly honest with ourselves. We got to be truly honest with ourselves on the balcony, down on the floor. I believe truly without a doubt, without a doubt, the greatest Failure of modern Christianity is our lack of sharing our faith. Right. Amen. Come on. 
I can take you through the New Testament. It all began in Acts. I mean, that's where we find the historical recounting of the early church. And you know what? The one thing that was significant about them, everywhere they went, they shared their faith. They were being persecuted and they were scattered because of the persecution. And the Bible says they went everywhere preaching the gospel. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're standing and they have a pulpit and they have a congregation. It just means they shared their faith. They told everybody that they came to who Jesus was to them. They told them who they have found. Found. And I'm telling you, I truly believe. I I was looking up some numbers and statistics, and I know you can't completely go by all that because I don't don't even believe they're this high. But it said in 1993, 86% of professed believers believed that that sharing the gospel and sharing their faith was the responsibility of every single Christian. And they say today the number has dropped down to 60%. I don't even believe it's that high, or more people would be doing it. That believes it's everybody's responsibility to share their faith. Now think about this. Think about this. I don't know how many people's here this morning. Maybe, maybe 1,100, 1,200, something like that. I don't know. However many, however many we have here. Uh, do you really think if this amount of people had been sharing their faith all week, inviting people to church all week, they would have one single empty chair in this place? I mean, let's, let's just, let's just let's take, a, let's take a survey. Personal, not out loud. <laughs> when's the last time, when's the last time you really pursued someone to be with you here in the church? Or you really shared your faith and it didn't require a big event to do it. Think about that. Now, there's no doubt, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go through all the verses where it's a command. There's no doubt it's a command. We are commanded to take the gospel to every creature. We're commanded to share our faith. It says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. I mean, there, all the verses are there. But let me give you, let me give you just a few things that, that God has impressed upon my heart to share with you this morning about sharing our faith. How many of y'all believe that there's a heaven? How, what's the other place? Say it again. How many of y'all read about what that's like? Weeping and wailing. And and by the way, there's only two places. And if people leave this world lost without knowing Christ, hell is their destination. But here's here's what I want to do. I want to share a few things, and we may share some more stuff next week. But if you're taking notes, write this down. If we're going to share... If we're going to share our faith and we're going to be better at this, and that's what I want to be, man. I, I, I want to. This coming year, uh, we're going to. There's going to be some changes around this place, and I, I, I don't. I don't know all the details and every every situation, but we're going to have some. We're going to have some major changes, some minor changes. Our focus is going to be a little different. We're going to try to be more precise and more honed in. And 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 this is one thing I, I truly want to see. I want to see us better about sharing our faith. I want Temple Baptist to be known for people who share their faith. This is what it said. This is what it said about the disciples. The Pharisees were mad at the disciples and they all but cussed them out and said, man, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. They were said to have turned the world upside down. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if the people around Coleman, Alabama would say, my goodness gracious, everybody in the world is talking about Temple. Not because temple's anything, but because you're sharing who you have 
Now, how are we going to do that? Number one. Number one, what's it take? What's it take? First thing I see in this situation, and this is going to, this is going to, I don't want to say shock some of y'all, but, but it, it may get you to thinking. First, you got to have an experience with Christ. When did they, when did they go and find, when did they go, when did Andrew go and find Peter? After he had spent some time with Christ, right? And, 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 and when did Nathaniel go get Philip or Philip go get Nathaniel? It's when he spent some time with Christ. He had an experience with Christ. When did the woman at the well go into the city and bring the whole city out to Jesus and say, come meet a man who's told me everything? When she had an experience with Christ. We have found him. Do you want me to tell you why there's a lot of people who profess to be Christians or not sharing their faith? They don't have any. They've never had a true experience with Christ. They've come to church and they like it. And it, and it. and it feels good to them because it's uplifting. It's encouraging. It's different than what they get out in the world. And there is an atmosphere in here and there's a spirit in here. And they come in and they just start blending in. And instead of, instead of really finding who they are in Christ and repenting and come to Christ for salvation, they just become religious and that is happening. That's happening in America. Religion is not going to get you into heaven. Going to church is not going to get you into heaven. Being, just being a part of what's happening is not going to get you into heaven. What's going to get you into heaven is when you come and get right with God and you have an experience with Christ and he comes and you repent of your sins and you turn to Christ and you become a new creature. My father... My father, he, he, how many of y'all know one enthusiastic flea can drive a dog crazy? <clears throat> My father, when he got saved, it, it was, he had an experience, buddy. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, he was mean as the devil himself, and God changed his life. And he had to tell somebody. He told everybody. Because something happened. Something happened. Now, I think there's a lot of people who go to church who are not sharing their faith because ain't nothing really happened yet. Nothing's happened. Preacher, what's the problem? Have you had an experience with Christ? Can you go to that place? Now, I'm not saying you got that. There are some people that can name you the date the time, the, the atmospheric conditions, uh, whether it's raining that day and what they had on when they got saved. I can't do that. But I was there when it happened. And I, I, I know something happened. I got up different than I went down. Now, my, my situation wasn't like my father's. I mean, my, my father, I, I, I quoted scripture and I went to church and I was a little preacher boy before I got saved. He was the little hellion. <laughs> So we're, our situation is different, but I'm here to tell you, it was just as real for me as it was for him. There was something that happened in my life. And I'm telling you, you're not going to share something you don't have. Are you trying to scare me? Yeah. No, I want you to do what the Bible says. It says, "Be make your calling and election sure. Have you had an experience with Christ? Because I'm telling you, anytime people hung out with Christ, they went and told somebody. 
That man, <laughs> how about that man that, that uh, 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 Jesus healed? And Jesus said, don't tell nobody. And he went and told everybody. You can't help it. You can't help it. Because guess what? You finally found. Dad, I asked my father. I said, what did that guy preach on that day? He got saved in a revival. Most of y'all have heard this a million times, but I only got one dad in one church, so y'all going to hear it again. <laughs> Preaching in a revival on a Wednesday night. His name was Willie Ward. And the, and the pastor of the church was Wiley Wooten. I'm not, I, you can't make this up. I'm telling you. Both of them were redneck to the bone, too. Wiley Wooten was this big. and we, Anyway, it just. And I'm telling you, Brother Wiley Wooten, he is mean. How many of y'all remember them old mountain preachers? Hack when they preach. Hack, hack, hack. You can only understand every third word. But, buddy, you knew he meant what he said when he said it. Amen. Dad got sad and said, Dad, what did, what did God preach on that night? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You got saved that night? Mom got saved? Paul got saved? Cheryl got saved? You don't know? He said, no, I don't know. I said, then why did you get saved? He said, they had what I was looking for. He said, sir, don't you understand? He said, I was going to the bar trying to find what these people had in this room. When dad come around, when dad come around, you know, in the old time church, you know, you come around in the invitation, there's, there's the guy here, and, and, and he grabbed Brother Wiley Wooten. They was coming around to shake mom's hand. And Brother Wooten said, what do you want? Dad said, whatever y'all got. He didn't say, I want to be saved. I, he didn't know what that meant. Never been to church. None of my grandparents. They had no zero church background. Didn't know nothing about God. All dad knew is he finally found what he'd been looking for. Guess what? You have what they are looking for. Amen? Number two. First, you've got to have an experience with God. Number two. Number two. This is good. <laughs> you've got to bloom where you're planted, folks. <clears throat> this is not going to be one of them alliterated. I just went as, as what God gave me. You've got to bloom where you're planted. How many of y'all remember all the missionaries that's come here? <clears throat> right? Some are going to the Philippines. Brother Travis just got back from the Philippines. Uh, Germany, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, South America. All, all these different places that we have missionaries and we're sending Tanzania and all that. And we call, they're going to the mission field. Now what does that mean? That's where they're to serve. That's where they're to witness. That's where they're to take the gospel. It is their mission field. Guess what? You have a field. Now, we, we, we always see the field as wherever the missionaries are going. But what about where you are? Bloom where you're planted. God has called missionaries to Brazil. God has called missionaries to Tanzania. God has called missionaries uh, uh, to Africa and, and, and to Asia and to Burma. But guess what? God has called missionaries to Walmart. God knows they need them. Say amen. This, this week was the very first time I ever ventured out of my house on Black Friday. 
I drove by Walmart. They was parking in the grass, people. In the grass. There were so many cars up there. I had a, I had a gift certificate to Dick's Sporting Goods up there uh, for my birthday, and, and they was going to have a 25% off sale, so I, I'm going up there. <clears throat> and it was going to open at 6. No, no, see, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand how this works. I'm going to teach y'all something. I pulled in the parking lot right when they were opening the doors. Before they were opening the doors, there was a line all the way to Ulta. I pulled in, no line. I went straight back to the shoes because I'd done my research and I'd went in there before that and I knew where they were are and I knew how to get them and I killed them and drug them to the register and got out of there. 610, I'm out the door, baby. That's right. That's right. That's how you work this thing. I saw the Tuckers in there too. They was running in right before I got there. Are y'all with me? They're, 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 I mean, everywhere you go, they are looking. Wherever you're working, wherever you're living, wherever you're shopping, wherever you're at, that's your mission field. Whether you believe it or not, you're missionaries. You just happen to be missionaries in, in all right, how many, uh, how many Holly Pond people we got? Any Holly Pond people? Are y'all all out of favor? Holly Pond? All right. Any Holly Pond? Any other Holly Pond people? Okay, Holly Pond. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. How about some Fairview people? Any Fairview people? All right, got some Fairview people. All right, here we go. Uh, help me, Bremen, Bremen. Any Bremen people? Okay, all right, Bremen people in the house. All right, any uh, West Point people? Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, that's us, that's us. West Point. Uh, battleground, Battleground, Battleground. There we go, there we go. Uh, Brother, Brother Steve Humphreys is the Pope of Battleground. Say amen. All right, what else? Who, where am I missing? Vinemont, Vinemont, Vinemont folks, amen. How about some Coleman people? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep y'all too. Uh, I'm city people. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, what else? What else? Who am I missing? Uh, bug tussle. Hey, see there? See that? Hey, y'all didn't know bug tussle was. How drunk was the man that named bug tussle? I just want to know that. Jasper? We got anybody from Jasper? Jasper? Now here's the thing. I named up. Did I miss something? Somebody tell me something I missed. Eva? Eva? Okay. Good Hope, Fogville, Hartzell. How did I miss Hartzell? Hartzell. AD is the Duke of Hartzell. Now think about this. Now think about this. Do you see how we're scattered abroad? Guess who's supposed to be reaching Hartzell and Battleground and Falkville and Vinemont? That's your mission field. That's your mission field. We're the salt of the earth. This is the salt shaker. We're not going to season anything or change anything sitting in here. The salt doesn't do no good till it makes contact. Bloom where you're planted. God's got you where he's got you for a reason. And then let me say this too. Let me say this, guys. I got a whole lot of messages. I got to hurry. But even bad places. Watch this. Let me give you some verses. Let me do this fast because I got a lot to say. 
Paul bloomed in the Philippian jail. The Philippian jail. He has been beaten. He has been beaten, guys. Lashes on his back, bleeding everywhere. And they throw him in the prison or the jail there in, in Philippi. And him and Silas at midnight, they begin to sing praises. What's he doing? He's blooming where he's planted. Yeah, but he's in jail with stripes on That's right. But guess what? Because he bloomed where he's planted, the Philippian jailer and his whole family got saved. So Paul bloomed in the jail. He bloomed in the prison in Rome. Watch what he says, 2 Timothy 2.9. 2 Timothy 2.9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even under bonds. He said, I'm in chains. But watch what he says. But the word of God is not bound. What does he do? He turned the prison in Rome into a church. He bloomed where he was planted. Now, most of us would have been petitioning everybody and trying to whine and complain to get out of there. I would have been. But he said, well, this is where God's got me. This must be where I need to witness. Paul bloomed in the Philippian jail. Paul bloomed in the prison in Rome. Paul bloomed in the, in the shipwreck. You remember the storm he was in on the ship? He said, he said, I believe God. He turned everybody's attention to the God he served while they were in the midst of their storm. He used the storm as a way to introduce him to their, his God. He said, I believe God. Everything's going to be all right. Amen. He bloomed. In the ship, he bloomed at every city he came to. What's the point? The point is this. It don't matter where you are. That's where you are. Let me say that again. It don't matter where you are. That's where you are. And that's where God expects you to share your faith. Because somebody's beside you. And you know what? They're looking... Say it with me. They're looking for who? Oh, come on. They're looking for who I have. Bloom where you planted. Number three. Number three. Quickly, quickly. Oh, quickly, quickly. If we're going to share a faith, we need to learn to build relationships. Everybody write that down. <clears throat> build relationships. Build relationships. Everybody say that out loud. What's the point? You can't be a jerk all your life. I mean exactly what I said. How many of of y'all have been at funerals? How many of y'all have been at funerals and and the person there, they've been a jerk and, 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 and when the family or the minister, it makes me even matter when I see the preacher do it. But the preacher, they're, they're bragging on this person who basically is mean and, 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 and that, boy, they, you, you didn't have to wonder what was on their mind. He, 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 he. Translated, they run their mouth a lot. And, and they were mean. And, 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 and spouts off and, 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 they're, and they're bragging on this like this is a good thing. And I guess that's what you're supposed to do at a memorial. But if that's what you're going to do, don't say nothing. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing to be the type of person nobody wants to be around. Do you know what Jesus was? He was loving. He was attractive. Attractive. Say that word with me. 
Now, I know what most of you think, especially the guys, attractive means pretty. And all. That's not what it means because he was ugly. The, the Bible says he was comely. There was nothing about his physical appearance that was attractive. Then how come everybody wanted to be around him? Because he loved everybody. And he ministered to everybody. And he cared about everybody. And you knew he cared about you. What's the point? People will forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. And, and, and don't ever say this again. Don't ever say this again. Don't ever let it be said of a Temple Baptist person, uh, Christian, it's just who I am. Well, change. Yeah, you can. You can be nice. You can smile. Matter of fact, that's why you're tired all the time. Because it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Go on a vacation for your face and smile once in a while. Right? Build a relationship. Be the kind of person people want to hang with. That's what Jesus was. Everywhere he went, he attracted crowds. And, and it wasn't the snooty people. It wasn't the snooty people. It was the sinners. It was those that were hurting. It was those that were looking. How do I build relationships, preacher? Well, this is going to be tough for some of y'all. Write this down underneath that. This is going to be tough. I know it is. It's going to be a struggle. But listen. You want to build a relationship with someone? Learn to listen. Learn to listen. That's one of the hardest things I've learned about marriage. <laughs> y'all laugh all y'all want to. Yeah, like y'all are some experts or something. <laughs> it, was, it was a revolutionary moment in my life when I learned that my wife was telling me something because she wanted to tell me. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? She didn't want me to fix it. Because I tried and she got mad. I'm like, why are you telling me? I wanted you to listen. <laughs> you know, I'm a fixer. I just want you to listen. You know what most of us do when we're, we're, we're with somebody and they're telling us something? We're thinking while they're telling how we're going to respond. You didn't know you were going to have psychology class this morning, did you? <laughs> Especially if you're in a disagreement with them. You're not hearing and listening to understand their side or understand their point of view. You're trying to figure out how you're going to come back at whatever their answer is. And we wonder why we can't get along. We're so split in America, it's ridiculous. Do you want to make a friend? You want to make a friend? You want to build relationships? Listen. God said in James, 
Be swift to and slow to. Some of us don't have friends because we won't shut up long enough. Amen. I'm just trying to be honest with us, guys. This world's hurting. And I figured out this. There's, I've, I've sat in my office before. I've sat in my office before and didn't say three words. I didn't have a chance. I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About 30 minutes go by, and they said, I feel so much better. Thank you for helping me. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just telling you. They just needed somebody to. I didn't say a word. Glad I could help. People are looking, guys. And they're hurting. But we're not building relationships because we're not taking the time to. Listen. Listen. Secondly, write this down. Oh, boy. Write this down quick, quick. Ask, ask this question. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Listen, this is a, most of us are nervous. and We deal with fear about sharing our faith. Ask, I told you the story. I told you the story last year of the person at the restaurant in, in Huntsville. It was like crazy crowded, and this woman was doing the best she could, and it was just like chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. And we asked that lady, we asked that lady when she came to, to, to take a, well, she had finished taking an order and said, hey, we're going to pray over this, this, these breadsticks. And is there, what can we pray for you about? She all but fell in tears. She was a single mother. It was a holiday. She wasn't able to see her kid because it was the other person's turn. You know how that goes. And she, here she is frustrated, alone, and just having a horrible day. I said, well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. And her whole countenance changed. Her whole attitude changed. Two things that we can do that may help us share our faith. One, listen. Two, say, hey, how can, how can I pray for you? And, and, and the thing is, if we listen, we may already know what to pray for. And once we listen, we can say, hey, can I pray, can I pray about that? Can I pray about that? And all God's people say it. I got more stuff, so I got to hurry. Ask him how I can pray for you. See, write this down. Just love people. Just love people. How many of y'all know you can't fake that? You can't, you can't fake that. People can read through that a mile away. You can act spiritual, look spiritual, go to church on Sunday, but they know you when you get to, when you get to Cracker Barrel. And I'm not going to go through all that. You know how I feel about that. That's why I'm saying there's a lot of fake Christians that go to church all the time. And they've been going a long time. And they'll go and they'll treat somebody at Cracker Barrel who didn't get their tea in time. And they'll treat him mean as a devil. And the worst tippers, the worst tippers all week long. Nobody wants to work on Sunday because of church people. That's right. Anyway, I'll get that on number five. Listen, build relationships. 
Bloom where you're planted. Have an experience with Christ. Then number four, pray. You want to you you share your faith? Pray. Prayer is still the greatest power on the planet. Salvation and evangelism and spreading the gospel is a spiritual deal. Say that with me. It's a We cannot do this in the flesh. It has to be God, right? So what do we pray for? First thing I want you to write down, pray for a burden. We're never going to share our faith till we get a burden. We're never going to share. Now keep that in mind. That is so important. We're never going to share our faith till we get a burden. Well, preacher, we should share our faith because it's commanded. How's that working for us? Everybody knows it's commanded. Everybody knows we all have a responsibility to share our faith. It is our responsibility as God's children to share what we have with the people who don't have it. But it is not happening. You know why it's not happening? We don't have a burden. We don't have a burden. Let me read what Paul said. Paul said in Romans 9, 1 through 3, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now, now, when, when somebody says, right before they say what they want to say, they tell you, now I'm not lying. That means what they're fixing to tell you is going to be hard to believe. But they want you to know I'm not lying about it. And Paul wasn't lying about it. He says, I'm fixing to tell you something that's going to be hard to believe, but I want you to know I'm not lying. Watch what he says. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness and a continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. In other words, he's saying, I want to see my people saved so bad, I'd be willing to be cursed and go to hell if they could go to heaven. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all, but that's a burden. He is so burdened. He is so bound and, and broken over the salvation of his brethren. He wants them to be saved so bad, he'd be willing to to give up his salvation so they could have it. Where's our burden? Let me tell you when we pray, when we're burdened. On a Wednesday night, I came home when I was pastoring in South Carolina. And, and, and Jordan had been sick. We only had Jordan. Uh, I'm not sure we had Beckett this time. Uh, but Jordan had been sick, high fever, bad, and so Tammy stayed home with her. I come home from church, and I was, I was all sweaty, had my, my suit on and everything, and I, I went to the, to the room, and I was changing clothes, and I heard a blood-curdling scream. Tammy just screaming. Man, I ran down the hallway. I ran down the hallway, and, and she's standing, pointing at, at Jordan, Jordan had a, a febrile seizure, and her eyes was rolling back in her head, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was scary. I'm telling you, one of the scariest moments of my life. I didn't know what was happening. We didn't even know what that was. And I didn't even have no socks on. I don't even know if I had a shirt on. I just scooped her up and run to the car. Tammy runs. We're, we're driving to the hospital, and she's, she's, Jordan is sitting in Tammy's lap, and she's holding her and trying. I didn't even know she was breathing, but I'm here to tell you, I was praying. I don't know if I've ever prayed that sincere and that much of a burden in all my life because it was something I cared about. I said, God, please let her breathe. God, please let her breathe. I was praying out loud, driving fast. I was just praying because I was, I was burdened. Listen, we have got to get a burden for those around us or we're never going to share the gospel with them. 
It takes a burden. And, and here's the thing. You can't manufacture a burden. Can't work it up. I, I, but God can give you one. God will give you one if you pray for it. One time I prayed that God would give me tears. I said, Lord, give me tears. Let me be broken when I'm preaching. Give me tears. And man, I'm telling you, I went through a span of time. I had to say, Lord, dry it up a little bit. <laughs> and I can't even see what I'm supposed to be preaching. Lord, I'm crying. <laughs> Let me ask y'all a question. Here's, I'm not even going to get to the last one. Maybe next week we'll get to it. But let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Let's be honest just a minute. How many of y'all believe that God wants lost people saved? Yes. Right? Didn't he say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have. So, so there's no doubt he wants lost people saved, right? How tickled, how tickled do you think God would be if you said, Lord, help me to have a bigger burden for the lost? Man, how fast do you think God would answer that prayer? Because see, you're praying according to God's will now. You're not asking for a Mercedes. You're not asking for a raise at work. You're asking for a burden to share your faith. Man, God will prove it, okay? How many of y'all are with me and you get nervous talking to people? Especially people you don't know, Right? It just is. I mean, it's, it's whatever. How many y'all? How many y'all? In order to share your faith, you're gonna need some more courage. Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, I'm raising both mine. Watch this. Boldness, courage. In Acts chapter number four, they were threatened. Don't preach no more. Don't talk about Jesus no more. Acts chapter number four, verse twenty-nine. It says, "Now, Lord, behold their threatenings." And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by thy name, uh, uh, by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, say it with me, when they had, now when they prayed, what did they ask for? Boldness, courage, Amen. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with? What did God do? He answered there? Yeah, he did. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common, and with great gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. God was so tickled with their prayer, he shook the place. And guess what he gave them? Watch this, watch this. Guess what he gave them? What they asked for. You know why? Because God wanted to see people saved. And God wanted them sharing their faith. So what do we need to pray for? We need to pray for boldness. We need to pray for an opportunity I think that was B. We need to pray for a burden. Now, if we have a burden and we have an opportunity, guess what? We're going to share our faith. God, let me run into somebody. 
give me somebody to share my faith with. I, I, I told you a long time ago about the story with Susan Wisnett. One of our very first revivals we had here, we had a friend day on the Sunday, and then the revival started that night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And the Wisnets were here with us that Sunday, and, and, and you know, made a big deal out of friend day, bring your friend. And Well, Susan was doing her, her uh, devotion Monday morning, and she was thinking about friend day. And she said, Lord, I, I travel all over the place. I'm never home. Lord, I don't have a place to bring a friend. I don't necessarily have a friend to bring to a place. Said, Lord, would you send me a friend? She didn't get it out of her mouth. Housekeeping. Some of y'all didn't get it. Watch this. Lord, send me a friend. Housekeeping. You know what? God gave her an opportunity. Guess what happened? She said, hey, we're the business. We're here singing. We're a business singing group. And there's revival this week. Would you come tonight and be my friend? Guess what she did? She came that night and was her friend. Guess what else happened? She walked the aisle and her husband and both of them trusted Christ as their Savior. Give the Lord praise and glory right there. You know what I think the biggest failure? We're not praying for an opportunity. We're not praying for a burden. And we're not praying for boldness. But guys, we got to change all that. We got a job to do. As Christians, we have a responsibility. And that's to take the gospel to every creature. You're not going to Tanzania, but you're going to Hartzell and Faultville and Vimont. And Coleman, that's where you're supposed to take it. So let's pray for a burden. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege it is to, to, to go to church with people who care. Lord, we, we, we have got to get better at this.